Hey, everybody. Welcome back to LettermanRow.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Buyers Automotive. Uh, Spencer, welcome to what used to be one of the most anticipated days of the year for me personally, the day before signing day in February. And now this day is kind of meaningless, uh, especially the way Ohio State recruits. Berm, there was a time where I used to fake sick at home so I could watch ESPNU all day coverage of National Signing Day on the couch. And now um, I kind of forgot National Signing Day was tomorrow, to tell you the truth. Yeah, obviously the early signing period has changed things in a way that um, Ohio State, as I said, I mean, obviously we cover Ohio State here. Other schools around the country may have a little bit different feel for this and how it's going for them, I guess. But, um, you know, there are schools that are counting on big things happening for them uh, on, on Wednesday. But Ohio State really is waiting on one announcement, and that's the decision from John Davis, the linebacker from Modern Day out there in Santa Ana, California. Uh, and, I, you know, Spencer, it's been back and forth with, with Rajon uh, in these last couple of weeks between Ohio State, USC, uh, with Oregon and LSU and even Vanderbilt on the peripheral of, of that because um, of their hiring of Clark Lee from Notre Dame. But, you know, as, as you sit back and look at it now, you know, with what we talked about a week ago, I said essentially that after a few days of getting back from Columbus, things would start to neutralize out and that post-visit high would slow down. And, um, you know, the, the, there was not a rush of crystal balls put in for Rajon Davis, like I thought might happen. Um, but I think that's because people understand how these things work this time of year, especially for these kids that have been long-time leans um, to one program. There's a couple, like, recruiting adages in play here. One, someone always has to be a runner-up. Two, uh, it, 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 comfort in relationships doesn't ever stop being the most important thing. And three, it is, is a two-hour visit in March enough for Ohio State to overtake, you know, years of being recruited by USC? I personally don't think it is, and so I guess that's where we'll start. I think Rajon Davis will sign with USC on Wednesday. I think you are correct. I think that's just the the skinny of the recruitment. I think that's what uh, the lean has been there, like you said, for a long time. And I think when the lean is there and the relationship is there, the comfort's there and the proximity to home especially is there. Um, I, I just think that's too much for Ohio State to overcome. I think he's going to pick the Trojans. Yeah, and I don't think it's a coincidence that Damani Jackson has recently committed to USC for modern day. I don't think it's a commitment that the expectation is that Relique Brown, a, a five-star running back in the class of 2022 uh, from modern day, is also going to be committing to USC this week. That's the expectation, although there is some conversation that he could still end up picking Oklahoma. Um, but it seems like there's obviously a concerted effort at this point in Southern California for these kids to, to make a push to go to USC and stay home. Um, you know, that couples with Corey Foreman, who signed with USC in the early signing period, the number one ranked player in the country, according to some folks in the class of 2021. Um, so clearly there's this push. And again, Ohio State did an admirable job in this recruitment. But two things that I really think slowed them down, obviously the inability to get a relationship with Ray John Davis in person. Um, you know, like I said, he made a two hour visit to Ohio State in March. And then him and his family made that trip to Columbus last weekend where the Buckeyes weren't actually able to host them, you know, properly and, and get a chance to sit down and talk to the coaches and that kind of stuff. Al Washington, Ryan Day have done a great job with their family and making sure that they feel, um, you know, the, the, a good you know connection with them. But it is 
hard to overtake two or three years worth of recruiting that uh, USC has done here. Uh, and secondarily, I just don't think Ohio State was fully committed to the idea of taking a second linebacker in this class until very recently. And, and you know, since they were sort of on the fence, I, I don't think they ever really pushed or went all in as a program to try to convince Rajon Davis that he, this was, you know, the move for him. So, um, you know, do you feel as you look at the Buckeyes roster makeup and obviously losing Baron Browning, losing Justin Hilliard, losing Tough Boyle, losing Pete Warner, do you think that they should have been trying to get a second this entire time, or is there enough on the roster you think to just let the young guys, the unexperienced guys, the inexperienced, unexperienced, the guys that haven't played Spencer, the guys that have been waiting, is there enough there that they really didn't need to push? I think that there is enough on the roster currently for the 2021 season not to push for a second linebacker. Um, and that that's probably just personal preference. I like some of the guys on the roster. I like what the two deeps going to look like uh, as it stands right now, with, even with the possible addition of, you know, a guy in the portal, maybe the, the depth chart looks good. And I think when you talk about beyond 2021, maybe Ray John Davis is the kind of guy that would have helped Ohio state in 2022, 23, maybe even 2024, but you're getting way down the line there. And when you've got really talented guys coming in that 2022 class, you've got a bridge class with, with Reed Carrico. I just think that there was that the momentum in this 2022 class to get these linebackers in was enough for Ohio state to hold off and only take one in 2021 and then really go after linebackers and let out Washington go to work in 2022. And I think that the momentum in the 2022 class with the linebackers helps Ohio state because they're going to be able to probably get those guys on campus where the 2021, you just, you don't want to take a chance on somebody unless you really feel comfortable. And I'm not saying that they would have taken a chance on Rajon Davis, but I think having, being able to build relationships with those 2022s and leaving that scholarship spot open for that class uh, made some sense for Ryan Day and Ohio state in this 2021 class. Yeah. I mean, I know Rajon, as we've talked about, he's a top 50 player in the country, but there is a belief uh, in talking to people around the Buckeyes program that he's probably two years away from being able to contribute as a linebacker on, on the Buckeyes roster. And it, at this point in the recruiting cycle, if you're not sure someone is going to be a surefire, you know, play early type of cat, it's almost not worth um, diving too, you know, too deep into the waters. And that's why I'm saying I think Ohio State was a little bit reluctant until recently to really make that decision. And maybe it's because, you know, you take a step back after the season ends and you realize, oh, crap, we have this this huge gap now with four guys leaving. Um but that's why the Buckeyes are still at least, uh, again, interested in Henry Tooto uh, or uh, maybe even uh, uh, Geo Teote from uh, USC, someone that could potentially fill a spot next year, but maybe be a one-year guy as opposed to someone that you have to develop long-term. Uh, if they still end up taking a linebacker, I think that's probably where it ends up because I think, as I said, I think Rajon Davis will end up at, at USC on Wednesday. And, um, you know, if that does happen – then there's not anything else Ohio State's waiting for on signing day. The you know there is no belief that JT Tuimalau or Tuimalau. I'm so I I want so badly to pronounce it correctly, but I've said Tuimalau so many times in my head that to me I feel like that's the right way to say it. But I I, I guess it's not. But you know I'm trying, Spencer, trying so hard. I don't I don't know properly, but to, the only person Tuimalau Tuimalau I'm I don't know. The only person that could properly tell us doesn't talk to us. So, yeah. So it's JTT. There's no expectation that he's going to sign on NSD. So that is pretty much where things go for Ohio state in these next 24 hours. 
uh, as we head into the signing period. Buckeyes have the number two class in the country in the class of 2021. No matter what happens, they're not going to catch Alabama, who has the, the highest ranked class in the history of the internet recruiting era. Um, and they're probably still going to add, you know, multiple players somehow because that's just what Alabama does. So, um, you know, it, it is something that uh, Buckeyes fans are, are no doubt going to be frustrated about, you know, if you take a look back and what we were talking about in April and March uh, a year ago, of how this class could potentially be the, the best class Ohio State's ever had. Uh, it did get slowed down by the COVID stuff and, you know, everyone else did as well, but Hey, number two class in the country is not bad. And uh, Ryan day will have a press conference on Wednesday at 1130 where he'll talk more about that class. So, you know, folks who are watching this episode of talking stuff, the Ohio state recruiting podcast can tune in then and get Ryan days impressions on the class of 2021, even though we already talked to him about all these guys, uh, you know, back in December. Yeah, it should be fun. But I will say that uh, the last time Ohio State, I believe, had the number two class in the country was, what, 2017, I want to say? And that class won, I think, as a four-year group, 45 games, went to two college football playoffs and won four Big Ten titles. I think Ohio State fans will take that anytime uh, over the alternative uh, when you're talking about a a number two class in the country. The only team that that stood in the way of their national championship happened to be the team that was the only team that outmatched them in that 2017 recruiting class. So kind of that entire thing kind of came full circle and we'll see if it, if history repeats itself, this 2021 class, but it's as impressive as a group as you're going to find. Right. That 2017 class had Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, JK Dobbins, um, Trayvon Grimes, Wyatt Davis, et cetera. The previous class before that that finished number two in the country was the 2013 class, which had Joey Bosa, Darren Lee, Ezekiel Elliott, Billy Price, six first-round picks in that class. So the Buckeyes have been pretty good uh, recruiting over these last couple of years. But, um, and, you know, we can officially start turning the page, I think, to 2022. What are you going to say? And I think it's very important for Ohio State fans to realize like what, how the recruiting process actually works between Ohio State and Alabama and how hard it is to beat the Alabamas and the Georgias at recruiting. They take like 29 guys in every class. Ohio State is never, ever, ever going to take 27, 28, 29 guys in a class. It's just not going to happen unless they sign 25 guys and have three specialists in their class. It just doesn't happen in Columbus. And so to have as many points as Alabama does or sometimes Georgia does in these classes, it's almost impossible because they take so many guys in the class. And that's not knocking what they do because their average player uh, ranking is just as high as Ohio State's, if not maybe a couple hundredths of a point higher. But they just take more guys, and so they end up with more points on that 24-7 recruiting calculator. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. Yeah, and again, this is a matter of of – the way that different programs are going to handle their business and, and some of it, and it's something I was actually thinking we'll, we'll do it more of a deep dive in over these next few months as the summer rolls around and we look for things to talk about. But if you look at the state of Ohio, the city of Cleveland has basically stopped producing uh, Ohio state level talent Youngstown. I mean, there hasn't been an Ohio state level player out of Youngstown in, in years now. It's just, you start to wonder where are all these guys? You, then you look at Georgia and there's five different five-star quarterbacks out of Georgia every year, it seems. And Alabama now is starting to rack up tons of, of five-star, high four-star players. These are tough places for Ohio State to go and get uh, guys out of. And so, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum on this show and others that the Buckeyes have to be very selective of where they really attack nationally because um, there is a, a – an, obvious understanding that to beat Alabama, to beat Clemson, to beat Georgia, to beat LSU, they're going to have to recruit nationally 
But there are times when you have to look closer to home and wonder if maybe you're, you're letting guys get out of your purview. Um, you know, I, I, you certainly can't complain if you're an Ohio state fan about quarterback recruiting or something like that, for example. But here you look at the class of 2022, the Buckeyes have the highest ranked player in the country committed uh, at that position in uh, Quinn Ewers. And then this week you see Michigan offer um, a Drew Aller from Medina high school, the 2022 quarterback there, you start to see, LSU is reaching out to him, Texas A&M, Oregon, all these schools are opening up and starting to reach out to him. You look, Michigan and Notre Dame have both offered Ohio 2023 two-way lineman Luke Montgomery in the last handful of days. The Buckeyes have not. There's a, a belief uh, from those talking to people close to him that Penn State, who's already offered him, and Notre Dame are kind of emerging as his favorites. So you look at, um, you know, Jair Brown just picked up a Notre Dame offer. There's these things that are happening, and the Buckeyes obviously have offered Jair Brown, but you know, you, you start to wonder as you're looking around the country and, and, and finding best of the best of the best, you do have to be careful not to allow too many hands inside uh, of Ohio. Yeah, and if you look at the 2022 class, Ohio State has done a pretty good job already of locking down the border. And the top five players or six players, seven players in the in the state are either considered leaning to Ohio State or have already committed to Ohio State. It's that 2023 class that features probably four or five guys in the top, maybe even 50. Uh, that's a really talented class in the state. I think it's going to be one of the best in-state classes that we've seen in a long time. And you wonder how Ohio State's going to manage that when it comes to you know, the usual Ohio State offer that usually leads to an Ohio State commitment from in-state guys and balancing that with going out nationally and finding the best players in the country in 2023. I'm anxious to see what happens in that class. The 2022 class might start to get a little hairy if you'd let some of these programs in 2022, uh, but but that could have a uh, bleeding effect into 2023 for sure. Yeah, and it, it's not like you can knock the way that Ryan Day has recruited Ohio at, at all. The Buckeyes did a great job in the class of 2021, getting guys early, locating their guys, getting early commitments. They've done that in 22. Um, you know, again, you can't complain about Drew Aller ending up somewhere else if you have Quinn Ewers. But if you look at the big picture of the roster, I, I'm a believer that there might be a need for a second quarterback in 22. Is Drew Aller now someone that's off the possibility list because he has offers from places like Michigan and uh, Penn State and those sort of schools? Is, is um, Luke Montgomery a guy that you're waiting to see in camp if you have to wait until the end of June and he's got all these other months to build up these relationships and visit elsewhere? How far behind the eight ball are you, especially for a kid who you're not sure if he's an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman? So there's all these other moving parts. Um and then, you know, we'll, we'll finish up, which is going to be basically a, an abbreviated talking stuff here, which Jair Brown, who, again, Ohio State wouldn't have offered him when they did a year ago. They wouldn't have accepted a commitment from him a year ago if they didn't really think that he was a player that could be a contributor in the defense in the future. But as you go out and you get a commitment from Jaheim Singletary, you go out and you're recruiting aggressively Will Johnson, Damani Jackson, uh, Denver Harris, all these other five-star cornerbacks. Um, you have Cincinnati where – Marcus Freeman was the defensive coordinator, was a program that Jair Brown was talking to a lot. Now he's at Notre Dame. You wonder if that it opens a door for someone to say, hey, they're looking at guys who they, they want to replace you already. And, and that's sort of the, the mantra or the, the thing that's going to be said. Now, that being the case, I, I've written about this, but Spencer, it's way too early for Ohio State or Ohio State fans to worry about any one recruit in the class of 2022. And I say that even meaning Quinn Ewers or anyone else. If, if Quinn Ewers 
which I don't expect to happen. But if he decided to reopen his recruitment tomorrow, the Buckeyes would have a full year to find someone to, to replace him. And that's for pretty good for Ohio State. I mean, the Buckeyes are a program that isn't going to have a tough time replacing anyone. Yeah, and I think the, the thing about it is we talk about it a lot now. We actually have talked about it quite a few times lately. Ohio State uh, doesn't offer guys that they believe will end up decommitting. They don't or they don't accept commitments from guys who they think will end up decommitting. That's not something you want about your program to to have, you know, multiple guys decommit. So this is not a situation where, you know, Ohio State's panicking if anybody does decommit, but it's just one of those things where they just don't like to see it. And that's pretty self-explanatory. Nobody likes to have decommitments from their program, but it is one of those things that the Buckeyes are, are aware of and they, they certainly don't like to see it happen. But if it does happen with anybody, um, they, they have a lot of time in this 2022 class to replace them. Yeah, that's what we talked about. All these kids, even the most ardently committed kids in the class, C.J. Hicks, Deshaun McCullough, they are, are talking to other schools. That is just the nature of the beast that, that we currently, um, you know, live in. And the, these kids are going to talk to other schools. They haven't visited anywhere. The NCAA has opened up phone calls and, and uh, basically limitless contact with these guys now through the end of April in order to help them develop relationships a little bit better because they're behind the eight ball. So all these guys are going to be getting a lot more offers, a lot more conversations. And don't be surprised if when visits are allowed, you see J.R. Brown go visit somewhere else. The kid's from, you know, Ohio originally, but spent his whole life in Louisiana. It's a different world down there and and the way that the game is played. Um, But understand Ohio State is going to keep building their relationship with J.R. They want him in the class. And then you see how the cookie crumbles from here. But for Buckeyes fans that are worried about it and asking, and I've got a few of those questions on Twitter recently, like what's up with J.R. Brown, what's up with J.R. Brown? What's up with Jair Brown is what's up with every single recruit in the country right now. They're trying to figure out how to navigate this incredibly weird time in the recruiting trail. He's committed to Ohio State. He's got a teammate at Tegra Tishabola who's committed to Ohio State. He's good friends with C.J. Hicks, lives down the road from him. These guys are all working together. They're all talking together. Um, But no one player at this point is going to cause Ohio State to panic because there's just so many unknowns and so many variables. There are literally thousands of high school students and prospects around the country that nobody's had a chance to see in the class of 2022. And the Buckeyes are really, really hoping that they can get an opportunity to evaluate kids in person on campus coming this summer before they can make really informed decisions about anyone in this class. Yeah. And I think the other thing to remember is he's, Jair Brown is actively, you know, helping Ohio State recruit right now. So it's not like he's very on the fence or very, uh, you know, on the outside looking in right now, he's actively trying to help the Ohio State class uh, become the best class ever, which is that 2022 class's goal. Um, he wouldn't be doing that if he was, you know, going to decommit anytime, you know, very soon. So I just think that's one more thing to keep in mind uh, when it comes to his recruitment. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to compare it to anything else, but if you look at like Devonte Smith's situation from a year ago when Devonte committed to Ohio State and then maybe didn't feel enough of the the love coming from the Buckeyes staff because when Ohio state has a commitment from a kid inside the state of Ohio, the expectation is not that you have to spend a ton of time recruiting that kid. What you're doing at that point then is building relationships and you're hoping that that kid is committed to your school because he wants to be, and you shouldn't need to expend too much recruiting energy, trying to show love to kids who are already committed because the love for kids who are already committed that early is the offer and the accepting of the commitment. So um, sometimes it's just about perspective and where they're getting their information and who's in their ear. And um, sometimes it's just about people who 
really enjoy the process and are looking forward to getting a chance to living out a an experiment and an experience that they've dreamt of for the last handful of years. So we'll cut it off here, Spencer. Uh, we'll get back with another episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row and Byers Automotive later this week. And we'll start to really deep dive into the class of 2022. But for now, we expect Rajon Davis will sign with USC on Wednesday. That will pretty much bring the Ohio State 21 class to uh, its conclusion, except for the uh, continued pursuit of JT to Imalau, JTT, however you want me to say it. So that's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This has been Talking Stuff. Thanks for watching, everyone. We'll be back next week or later this week. Who knows when? Thanks. <laughs>